today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We were mentioning about the economic recovery, of course, and and the pandemic and and the ravaging that it has done to uh, local economies, especially small businesses. And uh, so we want to keep tracking that and seeing just how that recovery is going and how small businesses are faring in uh, these very troubling and very challenging times. Well, a uh, new report that was uh, done actually by the uh, uh, Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses uh, talks about bankruptcies and uh, well and going out of business, and a lot of businesses are considering doing that. Uh, the small business group says actually commercial bankruptcies are rising in Canada, uh, even more than small businesses and large businesses. There seems to be an awful lot going on here. Uh, and and to, wanted to drill down just a little bit and see what we can do to find out what's causing this. I think we have a pretty good idea, and uh, and what me and what, certainly what governments uh, can do to try to uh, help businesses along as they uh, they try to get back on their feet. Uh, to that end, probably uh, pleased to welcome back to the program Daniel Stefiani, who is the vice president of policy with the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Daniel, always a pleasure. Hope you're doing well these days. Bill, uh, wish it was under better circumstances. We were chatting, but it's always great. To, it's always great to talk with you. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about some of these numbers. And I, I'm, I'm not, you know, trying to fearmonger here, but I mean, uh, you know, when they say that the number of bankruptcies is is up, uh, and that, that there are a lot of people that are just considering going out of business altogether, uh, that's a rather startling number, uh, which which tells me that you know the governments, uh, both provincial and federal, that said that they wanted to to help businesses, especially small businesses, have got a lot of work yet to do, haven't they? Yeah, so basically what these latest numbers are telling us uh, is, you know, there was a survey of small business owners that asked them what would they do if they were unable to keep operating their doors. And, you know, 10% of them said they were would file for bankruptcy. Uh, and just under half, 46%, said they'd stop operating just uh, and 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 forego the formal process of bankruptcy. And we can talk about in a minute uh, why the whole process of bankruptcy is more difficult and onerous and could disadvantage an entrepreneur from ever being able to start a business. However, what these numbers tell us on face value is that when we're just looking at that top line bankruptcy numbers filed by small businesses in Canada, it's actually not telling us the whole picture of how many businesses have closed their doors or began to wind down operations in, pre- in uh, preparation for closing their doors. Uh, you know, because we know a bunch of them are not likely to actually uh, file for bankruptcy. So uh, the the numbers actually reveal a slightly more alarming picture than just the top line bankruptcy figures uh, would indicate. Um, we see from uh, uh, we know that many small businesses are struggling with debt, um, and the Bank of Canada's uh, recent interest rates, uh, interest rate hikes, aren't uh, helping with that uh, either. Uh, the numbers show that seventy percent have been negatively impacted by that Bank of Canada interest uh, these interest rate hikes, and just over half of businesses are still reporting below normal revenues uh, with uh, enormous amounts of debt uh, that are st- is still unpaid, and I think that kind of goes towards your what can government do about some of these issues question uh, about some of these issues question as well, which I'm happy to get into with you. 
Yeah, when I was thinking, okay, what are we going to talk about with Daniel today? Uh, right at the top of the list was 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 debt, business debt, uh, because I I figured, and you and I have talked about this in in past discussions, that that was going to be a monumental problem. That that even if uh, some of these businesses that had to get shut down during the pandemic have opened their doors again, uh, they took advantage. Many of them did anyway of some of these government programs. Well, you know, in other words, maybe they didn't have to pay the business tax, and maybe deferred business taxes, and a number of other things. The reality is, is now that the doors are open. Uh, they got to pay that money back. And how, how can you do that if you don't have any money coming in? That, I guess that's the question a lot of these businesses are facing right now. For sure. And there's actually kind of uh, a couple of different things that are happening here, which is that it's the, first of all, I think it's important to note up front, you know, small businesses have been very resilient throughout the pandemic. And you know, with the help of government support programs, we saw record low insolvency rates for most of the pandemic. Um, but, you know, all of this was unprecedented. Nobody really knew what to uh, expect at the end of this COVID tunnel. Many small businesses uh, and, and owners throughout this time actually remained optimistic. We saw that in some of our business competence data even. Uh, despite facing unpredictable lockdowns and a lack of consumer demand, uh, they believed the pandemic would end eventually. And Bill, uh, as you said, uh, they did things during this time. Uh, they took on additional debts to stay open and ride out um, the valley. Um, but on the other side of this, this has meant that many small businesses and their owners have been left in a very vulnerable position with no room to absorb shocks or maneuver should other risk factors come up. And now we are dealing with all kinds of economic headwinds and risk factors in growing interest rates, labor shortages, supply chain challenges, inflation, and so on. And so it's become increasingly difficult for these business owners to remain um, resilient and optimistic. And now that is colliding with the cushion of these support programs winding down. A lot of these debt uh, um, and, and loans that the businesses have taken on uh, coming due. And what today's uh, numbers from CFIB tells us is that looking at the bankruptcy picture alone is actually not going to tell us uh, the full hit that the small business environment uh, is, is going to be taking in, in the months uh, to come. Because I know we've even during the lockdowns, I mean, we, you know, there were some economists that were predicting, look at when the doors open again uh, and, and we get get a handle on the pandemic, uh, it, small business should be OK in the long run. That's that was what the one line of thinking was anyway, because we had all this money that we weren't spending because we weren't going anywhere and we're going to go back out to retail outlets and we're going to spend it. And, and, and maybe some people did, but not to the extent, certainly. But I don't think anybody uh anticipated, for instance, inflation jumping up and biting us the way that it has. Uh, and that's had an impact, a huge impact on small businesses, hasn't it? I mean, not not just obviously, but their costs have gone up uh, and interest rates have gone up. So, you know, their bills, monthly bills have gone up. Uh, but over and above that, I, I, we just covered a story the other day, especially people in the in the uh, enter entertainment industry, restaurant industry, uh, hospitality industry, uh, if the cost of meat goes up and the cost of vegetables goes up and you're running a restaurant, uh, you either pass that cost on to the, to the consumer or you eat it. And, uh, one way or another, uh, you're going to have unhappy customers as a result. So, I mean, and there's, there's just so many, it, it's like a perfect storm of things that have just fallen onto the laps of these businesses that are trying to get back on their feet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's the case. I mean, labor shortages and supply chain issues, uh, inflation are some of the biggest factors that are limiting small business uh, recovery. Um, and this is an important point, too, because, you know, while some support programs and debt forgiveness would be helpful, 
uh, we're not actually going to solve um, this issue without addressing some of these other underlying issues, be that the labor woes um, or the supply chain disruptions that are that are hampering small businesses as well. And, you know, people often use the the line, you know, small businesses are the cornerstone of local economies and, mm -hmm. and, and the center of uh, Ontario and Canada's economic growth. Um, well, we certainly don't want a situation in which entrepreneurs and small business owners are discouraged from starting uh, a new business, perhaps on the other side of this. Um, and, you know, one of the things certain advocates have called for is looking at making the bankruptcy proceedings less onerous for people whose small businesses have been decimated by the pandemic. Um, there are things the government can do here to make uh, uh, bankruptcy less onerous, new guidelines uh, and agreements with perhaps banks and landlords could help free entrepreneurs um, from a failing business to allow them to once again contribute in the future to the Canadian economy. Because certainly what we don't want here as a consequence of all of this is um, for entrepreneurs who have a, a great idea and who want to start a business on the other side of the pandemic to be unable to do so because they can't obtain uh, access to credit or capital because they've already been through a, a bankruptcy uh, proceeding. So we can certainly make the bankruptcy proceedings less onerous. We can enhance access to capital and credit for small businesses uh, we can do loan forgiveness and guarantees for those disproportionately impacted businesses. And there's a whole bunch of stuff we can do on the supply chain uh, front, too, to strengthen Ontario's supply chain resiliency, um, be that supporting domestic manufacturing capacity, um, strategic immigration pathways and education incentives to boost labor force and help address labor shortages in key sectors. Um, and, and financial supports to help these small businesses adopt the technologies and supply chain strategies uh, they need for, bet for better risk management. So all this to say, Bill, you know, there are ideas on the table. Um, we can get uh, in front of some of this stuff, um, but, it, but it does take uh, a dedicated and concerted attempt from, uh, from government to, to move on it. Before the pandemic, it's hard for some people to, to go back that far because we've gone through so much in the last three years. But as our economy started to, to move in, in a great direction, things were really going pretty well for Ontario for the most part before the pandemic. And and one of the reasons for that was, was as you mentioned, entrepreneurs and startups. Uh, there were an awful lot of, of, of young business types, especially, that would just say, no, I'm going out on my own. I've got an idea and I'm going to fly with it. And many of them were very successful as a result of that. Uh, but without a, a you know a safety net below them in the situations that they're facing right now, is there anything out there to encourage entrepreneurship right now? I mean, you know, did, have governments forgotten about that that element of the economy? Well, look, I think um, it's difficult for me to uh, put myself exactly in that position because I'm not an entrepreneur. But if I'm to speculate wild, wildly, um, you know, if I was an entrepreneur, or a small business owner right now. Um, operating a, uh, a business successfully for years or decades before the pandemic hit. And now I'm in a situation where I've been, you know, forced to close my doors or shut down. Um, you know, uh, I would still want to come back um, or open up a new business once the economy starts improving again. Um, you know, uh, oftentimes uh, entrepreneurs uh, in those situations, uh, 
have been jammed up by a function of the environment they're operating in, not necessarily because of their inability to run a business. Um, and in this case, a lot of them have been hurt by the poor state of the economy and COVID, as you've outlined. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, there's maybe a bit of a cliche that you can't take the entrepreneur out of, uh, an entrepreneur. And, uh, we know, uh, inflation is, uh, slowing down a little bit and the economy, uh, is going to bounce back. And what we want to make sure we're doing, um, as a chamber of commerce and advising government on is making sure that the business conditions are right so that entrepreneurs and small business owners can thrive, can start a new business, aren't being held back by uh, a lack of access to credit or capital for uh, a good business venture idea or not being held back from being able to start a new business because their last one went through formal bankruptcy proceedings because they took on a whole bunch of government debt and participated in a whole bunch of government support programs through the pandemic but weren't able to make ends meet at the end of it and through no fault of their own have had to close their doors. We want to make sure that those folks have a pathway back into the economy and have the means to start their own business or their own uh, venture again um, on the other side of this if and when they might be ready. And so it's it's critical that we do put the groundwork down for that now. Um, and there are ideas on the table for how to do it. Yeah, and one of the reasons why I think they're such an important part uh, is is oftentimes these entrepreneurs are are they're they're as you say they diversify. You know, they'll do one project that starts to go pretty well, and they'll say, "Okay, I'm moving on now. Maybe you know, send that off to somebody else, or maybe just start owning multiple companies." And and it was wildly successful. Uh, and and I'm I'm not just as, as you say, you can't put all the pressure on the government. I think they they've got to play a major role here. Uh, to help create that environment for entrepreneurship and startups. Uh, but so do financial institutions. I mean, they've got to get on side with this too. I mean, it, it, there's been a tendency in the past, as we know, that when things like interest rates go on the rise and there's a little bit of uncertainty, uh, they're they're less willing to, to, to be entrepreneurial themselves and hand out money to some of these startups. So everybody's got to get around the table to make this thing work, don't they? Absolutely. It has to be an all hands on deck effort. And I think it's, you know, it's worth noting here. I mean, I think this is underlying in what we're saying. Um, uh, but there isn't an endless inventory of risk takers just, you know, kind of uh, waiting on the bench uh, to, you know, start their own business, to do the difficult work of taking on a, a personal guarantee of, of signing a lease. Um and and this is going to become especially true as we look ahead uh, in the in the post COVID environment, um, as business supports uh, run out, um, we we're going to need these folks to create innovative businesses of tomorrow, things that are going to be appropriate for a, a post COVID economy. And uh, we need to realize there isn't an endless number of Canadians willing to take on those risks that have those ideas. And so uh, we also don't want to necessarily trap them um, in a bankruptcy proceeding that's going to inhibit their ability to uh, uh, participate in the economy going forward as well. Well, and just I know we're just about out of time, but uh, we'll finish off with with part of the, the raison d'etre for the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. It's not just to encourage entrepreneurship and new businesses, it's to retain existing businesses. And uh, and that's the message that we have to make sure that is resonating with the government too. Daniel, always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks so much for jumping on with us today. Thanks so much, Bill. Have a great weekend. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.